Big Tough Strongman Can't Do Diaper? We're talking the pacifier on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kidflix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and be with your family. Mm, what a message. I'm crying already. <laughs> Ooh, I'm in a weird mood. All right. I had two drinks earlier tonight. We're fine. Anyway, my guest today... Um, to talk about this movie with its Philly comedian, Brianna Benazich. I nearly messed up your name. I'm so sorry. Because I've, I've been to enough open mics where you've been where the host will look at your name and just rage quit halfway through. They're just like, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I feel like most of the Philly comedy scene doesn't even know what my last name is. It's just, oh, Brianna. It's Brianna. Yeah. Just come on. You know who you are. You're the only Brianna here. So we're talking about the pacifier the 2005 Vin Diesel vehicle. What, what chose you to uh, want to talk about this movie? So, cause at first I was thinking of doing kindergarten cop. Oh, okay. And then I was like, what is my generation's version of kindergarten cop where it's just big beefy man <laughs> and small children. And then I was like, Oh, Vin Diesel in the pacifier. Yeah, this this was a movie that eluded me. Like, there was no way. I was nine when this came out. There was no way that I that my parents were going to take me to see it. But also, I was like a little bit of a film snob when I was nine, and I was like, "This does this looks like a lowbrow movie trash." Yeah, like there's or whatever. too many fart jokes in this. That's it's not my taste. Honestly, surprisingly, like there's what one or two maybe. I'm surprised that it wasn't just chock full of them. Yeah, it was mainly throw up jokes. Oh, oh my god. Okay, I mean right off the bat. So I got really excited because like, oh my God, Carol Kane is in this. Oh, and fantastic. then after her first line, she gets doused in baby vomit. I mean, like, <laughs> what an appearance. Like, Carol Kane was like, I'm going to be in this new kids movie. I can't wait to get on set. And She's then like, just I baby vomit. I could do vomits. it. I'm good at it. I'm I'm a famous actress who's done a lot. I was in that I was in the Adams family. Yeah, she's done so much. She's done great. Yeah, and it's it's just it's just to see that like she's just playing the one weird character in a Disney movie where like accent that's from nowhere. Oh yeah. And just nothing about them could even be perceived as normal. They're just like, yep, I'm a fucked up weirdo. Well, did you notice the joke in it that she's also like was the beauty pageant queen of her weird country? No. So, okay, so Vin Diesel is like a Marine. So he's like doing information. I love that there's like no context to the movie at all. <laughs> Fantastic. But no, like Vin Diesel's a Marine. So he's like doing research on like the computer of like Carol Kane's character and it's like a young version of her kind of photoshopped <laughs> with like a Miss Schleckoslovakia crown because that's what I'm assuming her fake country is. Yeah. Oh, according to Wikipedia, she, uh, the character is Romanian, which that is a different can of worms. That That's a whole other can of worms that I do not want to open. Yeah. And okay. Wow. But yeah, there. <laughs> I love some good old fashioned 
bad Photoshop work in a movie where it's just like, oh yeah, we need to show this character had a life. And we're just like, we have 20 minutes to fill all of these picture frames. <laughs> but so like, was this a movie that you like saw as a kid that you like enjoyed possibly? Yes, I was probably like five, five this came out in 2005, correct? Yeah. So I was like four or five when this came out. Oh, so that this is like prime age oh, yeah. for you to enjoy this then. This is the target demographic is five to six, obviously, with Vin Diesel. For sure. This is also the most Vin Diesel-y I've seen because I've never seen <laughs> any of the Fast and Furious movies. And looking at his like filmography, this came out right after like triple x and the chronicles of riddick so this is like peak vin diesel but also like vin diesel trying before he just like becomes full torturo or whatever he is in <laughs> fast and furious i mean like the first five minutes of the movie is just a regular vin diesel movie like he's on the jet ski he's in the water explosion yeah there there he saves somebody from being tortured by terrorists you know, you know kids stuff you know for kids yeah and yeah the first 10 minutes if i was a kid i would be so lost and also just bored because oh yeah, i was bored i was yeah, bored now we watching it <laughs> yeah and also like this was written by thomas lennon and robert ben garrett who are from the state they are also two of the principal characters in Reno 911. And yeah. this is one of the movies that they've written. And apparently some other writer or some like, I don't know, script doctor changed a bunch of stuff. But there's like, I guess, parts of it that were them. I wonder what, I hope it's the Nazi part. I <laughs> I hope so too, because I was almost clever. Okay. Yeah, we, we can't, can't just, just talk, glance over that. Yeah, we can't just say Nazi and be like, but we'll get back to that. So when you proposed this movie, you were very excited for me to see it because you said, like, there's a Nazi thing. In like, there's like oh, a, yeah. a, a plot point involving Nazis and then a weird twist. And I forgot that you had said that <laughs> when I watched. And then when it got to that point, I... Jaw was on the floor. Okay, so the so very, very quick summary of this movie. Vin Diesel is sent to look after the family of this guy that died. He developed like a nuclear weapon program. It's called the Ghost. It's called I Ghost. Yeah. It supposedly like freezes satellites or whatever. And so, you know, obviously there's a lot of like international stuff against it. And so he the the dad dies, and so Vin Diesel goes to watch over his family while his wife goes to like get it or something. It doesn't make any sense. It's a password thing. It makes no sense, but she's in Switzerland. She's in Switzerland. It's Faith Ford, who is a person that I know that name, but I could not tell you a single thing that she did besides the pacifier. Well, I have faith in you. Oh, thank you. Maybe if I Ford focus enough. So there are five kids. There is Zoe, Seth, Lulu, Peter, and baby Tyler. The baby is a thrower up. Yep, the baby throws up a lot. Peter is the second youngest. He has to like get this dumb song sung to him. Lulu is a Girl Scout. Seth is a sad sack, which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> and then Zoe is the oldest, and it's Brittany Snow from Pitch Perfect. Is it? Yes. 
it's oh the it's God. like it's the same phenomenon as seeing Jennifer Lawrence as the oldest daughter in the Bill Engvall show because like yeah they're an actor they got to make a living and if that's how they got to make their money fine but like mm. oh man wasted talent I mean she also like can't drive in the movie that's an important detail about her character oh it's extremely important like uh Hold on, we're getting ahead of ourselves because we yes. tease Nazis and then we went away from it. So <laughs> Seth is, according to Wikipedia, a sullen teenage boy. He's on the wrestling team. He's not enjoying it. He, I don't know, is sad that his dad is dead. Classic. And so at one point in the movie, he gets brought into the principal's office. And they're also like, they tear off of his hat and he has bleached blonde hair. Dun, dun, dun. And then Brad Garrett, who's the vice principal, is like, Look what I found in his locker. And it is a Nazi pack. Like, it is straight up a swastika. It is the red armband. Like, think Nazi. That's what it is. I just want to say that when I was... I'm Jewish, by the way. Nobody could tell by my (laughs) hard-to-pronounce last name. I was, like, five or six watching this. And when that scene came on, I looked up at my Jewish father and said, What does that mean? Mm. and my dad i know my poor dad was like why couldn't she just ask where babies come from (laughs) yeah and and also like they make a big deal out of it like the principal was like hey that is not cool (laughs) but like not enough it's almost like a kid is discovered to be a nazi in the world today just like hey that's kind of bad and then nothing's done about it so the I was nearly called him the Rock because he's the same person. Vin Diesel was like, <laughs> "I'll follow him, see where he's going." He shows up to this alleyway. He you see other guys with pat red patches on, and they have like skinheads. Like they yeah. look like skinheads. And they go into this building, and you hear this guy go, "Where are all my Nazis?" And then, Brenna, would you like to give the big reveal? Yes. And then Vin Diesel comes up because now he's curious. Dun, dun, dun. It is a production of The Sound of Music. Yep. And I know what you're thinking. Right. Nazis play a big part in The Sound of Music. But, like, wow. M. Night Shyamalan has nothing on this twist. Like, definitely, that's that's some Reno 911 joke in there that stayed through every draft where they were long gone. Respect. But it's a classic reverse high school musical where he has to do wrestling, but he wants to be in musical theater instead. I just want to know, like, how many fights that led the Reno 911 guys with Disney of just having this one joke in the script. Yeah. And, like, (laughs) it's just, I feel like there's so many different ways to reveal like they could have just been like hey he's been acting really weird like he keeps missing like the last half of school and going off somewhere and he could have just been followed and like going in a building it's like what is he doing in there like some kind of fight club or drugs or something and then ah it's a theater but no they have to make you think a child is a nazi I mean, I did not see that coming. Yeah. I had to. It was asking for it. Yeah. It was a big Hitler. And like <laughs> it's that like that's just the epitome of this movie. Just like there's 
like there's almost interesting and fun things going on, but it, then it's just the broadest, most bland, just like a man also taking care of children. Could you imagine? I mean, this film has one of my weirdest, funniest jokes from when I was a kid. I remember like genuinely thinking, oh my God, this is funny. So throughout the whole movie, Vin Diesel only wears the same white t-shirt. Yes. And there's a scene where like... He gets covered in shit? Yeah, and it's like something splats on his like shirt. And he looks at the guy and goes, this was my favorite shirt. <laughs> But like very Vin Dieselly. <laughs> like yeah, there that's there's like almost jokes in here. Like there is when because we were saying Britney Snow, her character, her big thing is she cannot drive and she's oh, yeah. trying to learn how to drive. And at one point, a part of the climax is Vin Diesel is like, "You drive to school," and like, "Well, I'll drive." And then Seth says, "We're all gonna die," and that made me chuckle. And then. When they get to school, the Lulu is like, land, solid land. I'm like, that's something. There's a joke there. But those are the only jokes. Because then the rest of it is just broad, like, comedy. Because you know that nobody had any faith in it. Because the entire movie is just underscored by a little, like, music. Just, like, just a loop of just generic like uh-oh something wacky is gonna happen it's a generic loop of like wacky songs and then like covers of early 2000s like pop punk songs oh i mean we do have a smash mouth song that hits pretty early and pretty hard that's what most of the budget went on was yeah. the smash mouth song everyday superhero by smash mouth i mean that it was exciting to hear a smash mouth song that i had never heard before You've never heard... I mean, I, I think I've only heard that song in this movie, but I've heard, watched this movie so many times as yeah. a kid. It's like... You're just like, we all know song. this song. I'm like, oh, the Smash Mouth hit. Just well, your everyday superhero. Well, later they play the anthem by Good Charlotte, which, like, that's a legit famous song because it's also in every movie trailer where it's like, I don't want to be just like you. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, that's, that's, that's familiar. That's the song of the decade for this kind of like comedy movie. Yeah, they were like, we can't get a hold of Simple Plans, so this one good Charlotte song <laughs> is going to have to do. But yeah, so like the the whole espionage thing doesn't make any sense. The mom initially is going to be gone for 48 hours, she says, to like get this password for Ghost or whatever. And it feels like a month. Because I think it is. Because <laughs> they basically go to this bank in Switzerland every day and it's like, okay, is the password like golf? Is it? spaghetti or whatever like they can't think of the password to get the file or whatever it it makes no sense it doesn't and it's like were they prepared to stay there for a month to begin with like are they being fed are they being taken care of <laughs> they're at this bank and they're just trying are to they do sleeping in the bank i don't even think they have a hotel like <laughs> <laughs> this will be so quick and then they're like no 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 it's not that was my switch impression there's also a part because yeah like the whole movie is just like what if vin diesel a big macho man that we know what if he had to be uh, a, a you know, a parent or specifically a mom, because like, I can't imagine a dad doing these things. Oh no. Dads don't change diapers. Like no. that's a rule. Yeah. He, he yells that as Carol Kane escapes because the children made her fall down the stairs. I thought it was a legit hard fall too. Yeah. Like she had every right to leave. She's like, I'm going back to Romania. <laughs> like, like it was like a it help. Was, I fall and I can't get up. Like yeah, fall. Cause this is 2005. Carol Kane. I like you know I'm very familiar with 2015 Carol Kane from Kimmy Schmidt like 
they're not that far apart. And to see an older Carol Kane fall down the stairs brutally. And it was hardwood. It was hardwood yeah, floor. Oh, yeah. And not she, even carpet. And she had grocery, or not grocery, she had like laundry and it's like, Oh, like when you fall and you know that you can't brace yourself because you just have stuff on you, it's no good. But so like they do all the things. So Vin Diesel is like, I'm a Navy SEAL, so we're going to run this like a type ship. It's my way. Highway is not an option. That's like his catchphrase. Uh, yeah, that's that's the slogan. I'm also putting too much emotion into my Vin Diesel line reads. You're doing more emotion than he does in the movie. Yeah. Even though I was like, okay, if this is what Vin Diesel was at some point, like, I get it. Um, but this is clearly like, if The Rock was as big as he is now, this would have been his movie easily also was this the was this vin diesel's like first and last kids movie oh i don't know about last because yeah this this was his first like family movie specifically like i think wikipedia or imdb said that this was his first disney movie because i guess like he must have voiced other animated things like he did obviously iron giant that's yeah yeah he was the iron giant there you go he was the iron giant Thank you. Another a f- former movie on this podcast. But yeah, other than that, I, those are kind of the only ones like going through his you know, filmography. It's all just like action, generic action stuff now. I mean, there's only I mean, The Rock pretty much took over that role of just like big men playing with small children. Did, well, the movie that I thought this was, I thought The Rock was in it. But no, I'm thinking of the game plan. You are thinking of the game plan. Which you probably remember, first of all, because this was back when The Rock, like, when he was in a movie, he was credited as Dwayne, quote, The Rock Johnson. And this is the one where the, the cover, it's him dressed as a football player, and he's standing next to a girl with a, a like, tutu on. Yep. And it's pretty similar to The Pacifier in that, like, he's... A football player and he finds out that he has a daughter so that's that's the whole movie like i'm manly man i have to do ballet with my daughter <laughs> all right <laughs> that's my the rock also i just noticed that according to the wikipedia for the game plan they don't call it the nfl of course not they call it the american football federation cool I don't think I remember that. I just I just love like very fake names that they have to come up with for things cuz like Oh yeah. Yeah, they can't call it the NFL so they call it the American Football Federation and the teams are the Boston Rebels and the New York Dukes. I remember th- as a kid thinking the Boston Rebels were like the actual football team. Mm. I mean, it's logical, I guess. I'm, I would probably still think that if you didn't let me know right now that it was fake. Yeah. I'm so sorry to to put the wool out from your eyes. That's how you say it. But yeah, so there there's just a lot of shenanigans. So he teaches Brittany Snow how to drive eventually. He teaches Nazi kid to like be confident. Oh, so he just start like Vin Diesel just starts taking over everything because every adult quits everything in this world. A hundred percent. He becomes the theater director. He becomes the theater director after the kids in the halls, Scott Thompson just quits. It's this one scene of him too. Like yeah. wasted. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of wasted people in this movie and probably they were wasted to get through it. But yes, he becomes the theater director. He becomes the driver's ed teacher. 
He becomes the Girl Scout troop leader. He also, like, helps the girls, like, just, like, psychological warfare the Boy Scouts. Yeah, like, he taught the girls how to, like, beat the shit out of, like, these little boys. Yeah, they, like, force-feed the one, like, bully boy cookies. And it, it, like, force-feeding somebody something is really disturbing in a kid's movie. It's the same as, like, I forget what movie. Oh, I was watching the Disney Channel original movie Zapped. You know, it's the classic movie where Zendaya has an, a phone app to control dogs, but she drops it in dog food and also a satellite dish, and it is able to control boys. And Wait, how does a phone app control dogs to begin with? That's a really good question. I want to say that it's like a dog whistle, kind of. Okay. But it's just a thing where it's like you click a button that says sit, and then it makes a noise, and then the dog sits. So, you know, mind control. But, okay, yeah, so just uh, yeah. training a dog. Yeah, but it won't, so now that it controls boys, she, like, nonchalantly tells a boy to go to the bathroom, and then the boy just pisses himself, and it's really, it's really disturbing, like, really upsetting to watch. I'm in complete shock right now. Like, yeah, so it's like, force-feeding people, and, like, it's weird how it's come up more in more than one movie on this podcast that somebody has, like, either out of fear or out of mind control, been forced to piss themselves. And it is so hard to watch. Like, even if it's the biggest, meanest bully, it is so disturbing. Something about it feels like I shouldn't be watching that. No, it's a private moment. (laughs) And also, like, I don't know. Like, you know, poop is one thing. Like, ah, it's poop. But piss? Piss is, like, really personal. It's... It's personal. And also, like, probably that's somebody's fetish. If it's this coming up this many times in movies, oh my I don't God. trust that. <laughs> that there's like a <laughs> there's like some like some Reddit post going around Twitter a while ago, and it was this woman, her husband gets off on like peeing himself and like other people seeing it and being like, Oh my god, and being like, Ah, I peed myself. He would love to be in one of these movies he then. Would, <laughs> He would relish to be in Pacifier 2, which Vin Diesel said it's maybe coming someday. (laughs) But yeah, but it was this whole thing where she was like, my sister disinvited us from the wedding because she asked for, because her family thinks that he just has like a bladder condition. Totally fine. So the family has seen him do this? Yes. And they think that he has like some bladder condition and that he's too proud to wear a diaper because it's degrading. Okay. And so the sister was like, hey, if you're, you, if you're going to come to my wedding, it's happened in the past with him and, you know, it's fine. Can you make him wear a diaper? Because I don't want him to make a scene at my wedding. And the wife was like, no, he doesn't like wearing a diaper. It's degrading. And then they were disinvited from the wedding. I would 100% disinvite them. Yeah, I I think I would too. Or be like, okay, I need you to just be near the bathroom at all times. You're going to be in the last row and chill out. And this isn't, you know, we're not trying to yuck anybody's yum. But when it becomes a thing that becomes everybody else's problem, uh, maybe chill out a little bit. And like, don't let your fetish upstage me at my wedding, please. Don't make don't make a, your white wedding a yellow wedding. And speaking of which, Vin Diesel at one point in this movie is covered head to toe in shit. Oh yeah, because, like he oh, jumps in a sewer. Well, because he gives all of the kids ankle bracelets essentially. He's like, "Hey, keep this on you so I can track you at all times, and press this button if it's an emergency." 
And so he gets like, oh my God, it's an emergency. And he tracks the tracker to a construction site, to a sewer, then to the bottom of the sewer, and he just dives into shit. Yep. And then he comes home and everybody's like, you smell. And also Lauren Graham is the principal of the school. Speaking of which, can we talk about how much of a fucking asshole the vice principal is? Oh, he's terrible. Yeah, so it's Brad Garrett. And like, I, I remember my vice principal in high school was fun. Like, I think pop culture has this weird, interesting trope where it's like the vice principal is power hungry. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, just holding on, trying to get to that top spot, trying to almost like poison the principal or whatever. Exactly. And then the, the principal is like, oh, did you go like fix the toilet or whatever? And gives them like, it's, it's like the presidential president and vice president. Like it's, it's the, the same, same dynamic. Yeah. It's the same vibe. So yeah, the, this vice principal played by Brad Garrett is just an ass. He is out to get these teenagers, Brittany Snow and Pete, Seth, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm like, who's Pete? I was like, where'd you get Pete from? And, oh, well, the the second youngest is named Peter. Oh, right. So the Peter Panda dance. Mm-hmm. Classic. So, yeah, like he's out to get them and it's kind of, it's confusing. It's just like, you guys are late to class, but he doesn't really do anything about it. He's just like, you guys suck. And then Lauren Graham just says, hey, calm down. They, their dad just died. Yeah, like when, like you are bullying the kids of a dead man. Yeah. Like that's so sad. <laughs> and then later he challenges Vin Diesel to a wrestling match, and Vin Diesel just eviscerates him in front of the entire school. But wait, they say the title of the movie within the movie in that scene. That's the most important part. You're right. It's the most important part. Yeah, I was starting to lose it mentally at that point so i think i i must have blocked it out of my head but yeah he's like and then you just like twist the body in ways that shouldn't be done <laughs> and that's the pacifier and everybody's like, whoa yeah like that's the, vin diesel like owns brad garrett in that scene because it's like oh i'm not gonna just fight you i'm gonna show all the kids watching every single move of me kicking your ass. Yeah, and then he's like, see how he's grabbing my nipple? That's that's a move of a man that's lost all options. I'm like, don't talk about grabbing nipples at this high school. Also, I love that the ending, the final shot of the movie, because like, yes. the movie ends like, you know, they did the Yeah, remember when we said a kid was a Nazi? So we get to the Sound of Music. Yeah, so he does the Sound of Music musical. And Brad Garrett, for some reason, is playing a nun in the musical. Yeah, because he, I guess he was so emasculated by Vin Diesel. Because I guess the this whole movie is just like, God, isn't it hilarious that a man, a man is acting femininely? Oh, God, that man is wearing an apron. Oh, wow. So uh, uh, Brad Garrett got so eviscerated that he's just like, yep, I'm going to dress as a nun for this play and be really proud of it like really proud like you would think the last shot of this film would be like People Vin hugging. Diesel yeah like Vin <laughs> Diesel hugging the kids but the last shot is Brad Garrett in the nun costume bowing and waving yeah it's that's that 
Like, that's but, what we want you to leave with. And then, like, Lauren Graham and Vin Diesel kiss. Because also, Lauren Graham, she's the principal. And she's like, yep, I was in the Navy for four years and I paid for school. Which, okay. It comes out of, like, nowhere. Yeah, but then at the end, like, she helped. Okay. So. Yes. I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> so, classic movie of, like, okay, how are they going to wrap this up? Like, nothing's happened yet. You know, the Navy SEAL guy that was like, driving around the mom uh, of the kids, it turns out to be a drop, double crossing, and he's working for the North Koreans. And who are the North Koreans? Why? It's the next door neighbors to the family. Like, and also, like, the only people of color in this yeah. whole film. Like, truly, they're introduced, they're speaking Korean, and then Vin Diesel speaks Korean to them, and then they go, We speak English too. It's like, okay, he. He was just trying to defuse the situation. It's like he's doing his best. But yeah, they are they are like sleeper agent North Koreans to steal this thing. And yeah, so then there's this whole like big fight and classic like, ah, oh, Brittany Snow, you need to drive us out of here. And she successfully does it. And like uh, all the kids learn these different fighting techniques and self-defense. Use it. There's a They have a pet duck. They use the duck to <laughs> kick the one guy. But a weird moment that imitates real life, and we're recording this in the middle of July, when this comes out later, it'll probably still be weirdly relevant. So a bunch of cops show up, and they immediately drop their guns when there is a single gunman that is pointing a semi-automatic gun at the cops and a bunch of kids. They're just like, okay, okay, like, okay. You win here. You yeah. win. You know what? Good point. So that was disturbing to see, to say the least. The we know 911 guys definitely wrote that in on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They knew what they were doing. And then, but then it's okay because the duck bites the one North Korean guy in the balls and he falls over in pain. Uh, and then Lauren Graham jumps out of nowhere and, like, karate chops him. We haven't talked enough about the duck. They have a pet duck. Yeah, they have a pet duck. It's a quirky little thing. I found on IMDb that they had to shine a red light at Vin Diesel's ear to get the duck to bite it. And that's the duck's first appearance is just, like, biting the shit out of Vin Diesel's ear. Yeah, and he's like, I'm in a house. Why is there a duck here? And the mom's like, so sorry. And apparently, this is also a holdover. The original script... A Jackie Chan was going to be the guy, which makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. And so there was going to be a running gag where he's like, I'm going to cook this duck. And the kids are like, don't. And then the duck helps save the day. And then Jackie Chan isn't attached anymore, but his like ninja friends are still in it. There are still ninjas in the movie, because um, of course. And, and I say ninja friends, I'm not like making a joke. They are like his group, like he has a group of martial artists that he only works with. Those are some of them in this movie. I admire that so much about Jackie Chan. I just learned this. Yeah, I love, he has friends. He's like, you better hire them. But yeah, they- Like Adam Sandler. <laughs> they do their thing. But yeah, so even though Jackie Chan is gone, they're like, I mean, we got to keep this duck in there. <laughs> we already have it. This is also one of my favorite fun facts from IMDb that I've ever read on this show. So as of September, 2019, so a little out of date, this film, The Pacifier, has the third highest volume of DVD sales in relation to when it was released. So, okay. you know, between its release and now-ish, third highest amount of DVDs sold. And it's a lot of it is because this one guy, Alex Hall in Australia, he claims he owns over 1,500 copies 
of the pacifier on DVD. We have to bring him on. Yes. I'll call you out now on the podcast, Alex. And as of May 2019, he claims to have added another 967 copies for a total of over 2,400. I just want to know why. Well, I feel like it's similar to the Everything is Terrible guys, how they've been on a quest to own every VHS copy of Jerry Maguire. (laughs) Every single one. Because their ultimate goal, I think, is to build a Jerry Maguire pyramid in the desert. That is, it's like the opposite of the like Atari ET landfill, but just yes. the Jerry Maguire pyramid. An intentional thing. Yeah, it, it's like part of this weird like postmodern thing where it's like, hey, remember this forgotten movie that was just lost in the studio system? Let's obsess over it. Like, I love that energy. That's, hell, that's what this podcast is, essentially. Honestly, like that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, everybody clicking on this is like, what was that? Oh, right, 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 right. Sure, we'll get there. But yeah, it like... This movie combines just a little bit of espionage, a little bit of Home Alone, and a lot of, we're a bunch of misfits, aren't we, in one family, but we still love each other. And that's all I can say about this movie. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I learned what a Nazi is because of this fucking movie. That That's fascinating, because I feel like I've talked to other people, specifically Jews, and when we talk about the Holocaust, it's not a thing of like, I never learned about it. I just always knew. And I love that Vin Diesel ushered in your Holocaust education. Yeah, it was. Thank you, Vin Diesel. It was a mixture just like always knew, but like that just rushed it a little. Yeah. This also, in hindsight, this feels like such a Bush era movie of just like a, you know, a manly man who works for the Navy but he also can do his own thing as a dad. Yeah, this is a very post-9-11 Bush movie. It really is. And yeah, as of 2015, Vin Diesel says that they are working on a sequel. I don't know what that would be. And also, all of the kids are full-ass adults. I hope Vin Diesel is, like, still really involved in their lives, like, character-wise. Like, that is what Pacifier 2 is about. Like, Did you he, do your homework? <laughs> he just won't leave these kids alone. Yeah, it's also, I cannot stop staring at the poster because, like, like it just brings so many memories of, like, I remember oh, that God. hanging in the movie theater so much. And I'm also trying to remember, because, like, Larry the Cable Guy has been in several like direct to video sequels and i could have sworn that larry the cable guy did like the pacifier too <gasps> no okay it's, i'm thinking oh tooth fairy too i forgot i was thinking of a different dwayne the rock johnson movie tooth fairy and then tooth fairy 2 is larry the cable guy i love that like all your mandela effects just a- revolve around Vin Diesel and The Rock. And then I also, I did remember that Larry the Cable Guy did Jingle All the Way too. Oh, I watched that. It was really bad. I recommend I can imagine. I watched, because we watched Jingle All the Way for this podcast years ago, and I remember it was so bad, but it was like at least interesting. Like, it, it, you know, it was a big family movie. It was in theaters. Everybody saw it. It was like a hot because it's a Christmas movie. So it's playing forever, whether it's good or not, because we just need the content. Like everybody knows Turbo Man. 
yes, Turbo Man. And I think I didn't, I haven't seen Kindergarten Cop because I've seen Jingle All the Way. And I'm in my head, I'm thinking, they're the same movie. Like, yeah. We have to do, now I'm like, wow, we <laughs> should do Kindergarten Cop too. Oh, man. Kindergarten Cop. I'm not watching the sequel. No, not. I meant like <laughs> we should do Kindergarten me. Cop yeah, along yeah, yeah. with The Pacifier. We'll make it a double feature. <laughs> if you like The Pacifier, then you probably don't have taste. But, uh, Brianna, I'm trying to think. Are there is there anything that we missed in this? Because I feel like we've kind of gone through a lot of the broad strokes of this movie. There is one thing I just remembered that I think is worthy of noting. Please. So in the movie, like the youngest boy, whatever, like he needs to hear this song and right. dance to go to bed. And it's like called the Peter Panda dance. This dance, however, plays a very important role yes. in the film. So it is the password to the vault underneath their house where the ghost chip is stored. Yeah, they have a vault underneath their house. Like they have a whole secret agent like fortress underneath the house that is just kind of glanced over. Mm-hmm. But like it's Maryland, so like there's there's just so much space there. It it all checks out. Or it's Toronto, but they have Maryland license plates. But yeah, I will give this movie credit that they set something up and it paid off. If there are a lot of setups and setups and payoffs in this movie. I like will give it's the them most that. obvious telegraph things, but they at least did it. They fell. They followed through. And that's all you can do when you're an early 2000s Disney movie. Yeah, you can just do your best. The one thing I want to mention is that the when Vin Diesel is Girl Scout trooping, he takes them to this knockoff Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, yes. And I forgot that this is a... It's not even a trope, but it's just like a weird vibe thing where... The manager or whoever, the one worker, is super passionate about the Chuck E. Cheese place. <laughs> He's like, hey, everybody, welcome. Like, come on up. Like, dude, chill out. You know where you work. Like, you're working a minimum wage job. And dude. also, he's one of several workers that has, like, the brace thing where, like, they have the brace, but it also goes outside and around their head. Oh, yes. I've never seen that in real life because... Never, only modern, in, like, movies. Because modern dentistry exists. But it's like the same thing that Timmy from Ed, Ed and Eddie had. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jimmy, like the... Oh, Sarah. <laughs> wow, that opened a memory. But yeah, I just thought that was so bizarre that... Especially because yeah. they didn't look like... I associate that headgear with like te- uh, the trope of like teenagers. Yes. And they did not look like teenagers either. Well, I've occasionally met an adult with braces and like good for them because like this country is ridiculous in terms of healthcare. So like, oh, yeah. oh, they're just getting braces now as an adult. But it is like a different vibe. It's a different vibe seeing an adult with braces than a teen with braces. No offense if you are an adult with braces, you know. Honestly, if you're an adult with braces, is. I feel like you could pull it off. Because like, yeah, okay. cause, cause kid, kids when they have braces, they do the sucking thing too much. They're like... <laughs> you know exactly what I mean. You're just like, how is your mouth so wet? But adults, they're like, I know how to be like a perceived human being. <laughs> so like, I'll just like have a tissue or something. But uh, speaking of which, not really. Now is the part of the podcast where we review or we officially rate the movie on a scale of zero to five. Brianna, you can be as specific and detail or whatever is possible as you'd like with your rating. So what number score would you give to the pacifier? So like, I'm going to say I have nostalgia brain, of obviously. Course. So realistically, I'm going to give it just a solid three. 
I, it would be higher, but it, the last shot of the film is just Brad Garrett dresses a nun for no reason. So <laughs> that's legit. I I try to as much as possible like write my number beforehand and just go off of like you know instinct. Like if I just type a number, I'm almost in a fugue state, and I just type it out, and that's what I put. So um, I gave it a one point eight seven three. Like, that just came okay. out of my fingers, and it felt real. But our combined score, because we're averaging that sucker, we're giving it a 2.4365, which in our rankings puts the pacifier just above the Inspector Gadget Matthew Broderick movie. Accurate. And right below Toothless, of course, the Kirstie Alley Tooth Fairy movie, which Weirdly enough, appropriate because I thought this movie was The Tooth Fairy. I forgot that movie existed. So did I. And then when when Zoe <laughs> brought it to me to do, I didn't realize that I had definitely seen it. Because I think that was a like Wonderful World of Disney special or like yeah. ABC Friday Night Family movie. I definitely remember like a VHS tape I had of that movie, probably. Yeah. And it's no good. But opposite of no good... Brianna, you are good. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for hanging out in my house and talking about the pacifier. Is there anything that you would like to promote? This will be coming out the first week of August, I believe. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I love any excuse to (laughs) rewatch movies as a kid without feeling guilty. Yeah, you guys can follow me on Instagram and Go to my YouTube. My YouTube is just my name, Brianna Benozich. I make short films. I post a lot of my stand-up stuff. So, yeah. Fantastic. If you liked me, check me out because <laughs> I need validation. Yay. That, so do I. Why do you think I restarted this podcast after a few-month hiatus? And as always, please rate and review us wherever you listen because that helps us out with the ratings. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Tell anybody that likes streaming audio. And... That is all for today. We will hear you in a fortnight and go, go gadget and show.